Good morning. We were having a lot of difficulty this morning with our speakers, so it looks like we have blown these two top speakers. That's why the monitors are facing y'all, because they're gone, basically. One sounds like total mess, and the other don't do nothing, so we've blown them things. Uh, anyway, uh, we had a great concert yesterday out in Rome, Texas. It was really hot, and the wind was blowing, but there was a pretty good turnout, and we had one family that drove all the way from Illinois to hear us. And it was like, what? That's crazy. So we made sure we got our picture with them and gave them some free merch. And it was awesome. And we got some good news this week. Uh, we found that uh, on the charts in the UK, our, our band is like number seven with one of our singles. So, amen. That's pretty crazy, man. So... They don't like us here in Texas, but they love us over there in the UK. No, it's, it's all good. We're, we appreciate whatever God does. We just, as long as we're touching lives. I want you guys to go with me this morning to the book of John. John chapter 6. And pl- find your place in that 40th verse, 640. Now, this morning we're going to be looking at this verse that most of you guys, including myself, have read probably numerous times times over and over in the past, but if you're a lot like me, you've probably overlooked it. And what I've found is that a lot of times there's so much overwhelming information in the Gospel of John that things get quickly, quickly overlooked because there's so much being presented to you so fast, in other words. When I read, like, for example, Romans or, or the book of Acts or Galatians or even John, it's like... There's so much, and what comes to my mind is that, that, that scene in the movie Grinch when he finally comes in the town and they put that sweater on him. He's like, you know, ooh, you know. <laughs> and then it's like, you know, put him in the chair of cheer. And he's like, the chair of cheer. What is the chair of cheer, you know? And they're like, then they start carrying him through town. It's just, he's like, too much, too fast. There'll be hell to pay, you know. Anyway. That, that's what comes to my mind when I'm reading like Romans and, and, and Ephesians and John is just so much so fast that, that you really have to take your time. And I would suggest ins- instead of trying to try to read through your pi- Bibles, I, I say take your time and read shortly, slowly, take your time and try to catch what God is giving us at one time. Because a lot of times I try to find myself reading so fast that I miss too much. So over the years, I've backed up, I slowed down, and just, you know, it doesn't matter how much you read, it's, it's what you get from what you read, amen? So go with me to John 6:40, and we're going to look at a verse that I know that you've read, but we're going to cover it today because it, it really has a lot to say to us. John 6:40. if you have your place, say amen. Now, this is Jesus speaking to us personally. This ain't Moses... This ain't Abraham, but this is the Christ. He said, for my Father's will is, everybody said, this is God's will. For my Father's will is, is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in Him shall have eternal life. And I will raise Him up at the last day. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I just slow myself down right now and try to get in step with the Holy Spirit. Sometimes that's one of the most difficult things to do is is to 
try to stay in step with you. Lord, I don't want to speak my words today, but I would love to speak what you would have me to say. And so, Father, as, as we pray each and every week, I just ask, God, that you would please give me the grace to do so, to hide your servant behind the powerful Christ, the cross of Christ, and just have your way in this service and, and touch the lives of each and every one of us today. And we praise you in the mighty name of Jesus. And God's people said, Amen, and Amen. You may be seated. So Jesus, he, he ends with these words here. He said, I will raise him up at the last day. And what I'm reminded of is what Daniel said, first of all, in Daniel's 12 and 2. He said, multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to everlasting life, others to shame and ever, everlasting content. I'm trying to get my tongue lined up with the Holy Spirit this morning. Y'all, y'all give me grace this morning. But Paul also says in 1 Corinthians 15, 42 through 44, what he's trying to explain here is, is that the seed that, that is planted is not what is going to come up. In other words, there's going to be a supernatural change that's going to take place. He says, so will it be with the resurrection that the body that is sown is perishable, it is raised imperishable. It is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. It is sown a natural body, it is raised a spiritual body. So he says if, if there's a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. And so the body that is planted is, is nothing like what will come up. In other words, when Jesus went into the grave... There was a supernatural change that took place that when he came out, his physical body was not the same, even though it was the same. And and so they could touch him. They could feel that he had flesh and bones just like they did. And they know that he ate fish. He ate honey with them. So he had a body that consumed food, but it was also a supernatural body where he could actually walk through walls. Because we find that the disciples were praying and Christ was able to just walk in without them even seeing him and he appeared right before them. So that is the change that would take place. So let's go ahead and give it a title this morning. Our sermon this morning is is entitled, Looking to the Son to Live. I want you to turn to your neighbor this morning and say, neighbor, there's only one way to live. And that is to look unto the Son of God by faith. Now, one of the things that has always amazed me through the studying of the Word of God is that little story right there in the book of Matthew. We, we call it the Christmas story, but, but what really amazes me is these men that came from the East. That They refer to them as the, the wise men, or some translation says, the, the Magi. When I think about these men coming all the way, halfway across the world, I'm thinking maybe from Asia Minor, from China, wherever the East is back then, this is how far they came. And it's amazing to me because these guys were willing to leave everything they had to see the Son of God. We read in the book of Matthew 1 and 2. It says, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem, During the time of Herod, 
King Herod, it says that Magi came from the east to Jerusalem saying, where is the one who is born king of the Jews? We have saw his star and we have come to worship him. Now let's bring it to our society today. How far would you and I be willing to travel to see the Son of God himself? We know our world is filled with people who will travel all across the world. They'll go to Australia. They'll go to England. They'll go to wherever in order to be successful in their business. But, but I'm reminded of the scripture that tells us what does a man profit if he gains the whole world yet lose or forfeit his soul? All the things of this world is, is special, of course, but, but nothing compares to looking upon the Son of God and living. Can I get an amen this morning? One of my favorite stories also in the Bible is when Jesus, in the John chapter 3, and Jesus tells us and he, he refers himself to, or he, he, he is uh, basically illustrating himself in the same way that Moses had lifted up the serpent in the wilderness that those who would look upon him would also live. If you have your Bibles, we need to understand if you go to Romans 3 and 23, that we all have been bitten by something called sin. See, in the days of Moses, the people, one of their greatest sins was that they always mumbled and complained about everything. Nothing was ever good enough. And so at, at this one point, they're at a certain place in the wilderness, God sends in the serpents. The serpents come in and they begin to steal from these people because they begin to take their lives. And, and the ones who stumble the most, I mean grumble the most, were the ones who were bitten. And so God sends a remedy. He says Moses in the book of Numbers, I believe it is. Let me look it up. Numbers 21 and 8, then the Lord said to Moses, he said, make a snake and put it up on a pole that anyone who is bitten can look at it and live. Now, we know that we've been bitten, and so there's a wage. Romans 6 and 23 says, for the wages of sin is what? Death. And so let's tie it all in together here in John 3, 14 and 15. Listen to what Jesus says. He says, just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, the Son of Man must be lifted up that whoever would believe in him would be saved. Can you see the picture here that, that God has drawn, that, that if, if we have been bitten, and I know we have, because we just read that, that we all have sinned and we all have fallen short to the glory of God. Basically, we all have been bitten by the serpent called sin. And so the only way that you and I can live today is to look upon the cross. Look upon the one who was willing to take the sins of all the world upon himself. You're saying, well, well Jesus was no serpent. Of course, he's not a snake. But, but everything that, that we did in life that would represent the devil, come on, his fruits, Jesus took upon himself. And so he became a picture of you and I. In other words, he became something ugly something sinful. He became everything that we did on this earth on the cross so that we would look 
beautiful in the eyes of God. That's beautiful, isn't it? Now I'm going to read a prophecy from a man named Zechariah. Now this is a prophecy I know that you have never read or probably ever heard before. Now this is not the Zechariah of the Old Testament because the Zechariah of the Old Testament, we find it in Zechariah, is right before the last book of the Bible, which is Malachi. So two books in the, from the end to the back, going backwards is Zechariah, but this is not that Zechariah. This is the Zechariah whose mouth was shut, who was married to someone, he was very old now, and we're talking about the, the, the father of, of John the Baptist, this Zechariah. And, and you may not realize that, that he was also a prophet of God because we have a prophecy here in Luke chapter 1, 78 and 79. Now listen carefully. That This is very interesting. He said, because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in those who, and, and, and let, me, let me read this, in the shadow of darkness, and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the path of peace. So Christ came to shine the light of God upon those who are living in darkness. That was us prior to the cross. And in those who's walking through the shadow of death. That's you and I every day. Every day, just like those individuals who lost their life. We're no different. Someone could walk, God forbid, someone could walk into this building today or next week and, and begin just to open up on us. It could happen. So, so we live in a world where, where like, like David said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will, I will not fear evil. So we, we have the Christ who has risen. He is the risen son. He has came to show light upon you and I that, that we could have something called peace. In other words, regardless of what's taking place around us, we can still have peace because the God that we serve is referred to as the prince of peace. Go with me to Isaiah 9 and 6. Isaiah prophesies this. He said, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. He shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. You know, each week I, I leave the church and, and I'm always shaken. Because to myself, even now, I think that, man, I'm doing the worst job that anyone could ever do. I hear myself and it just inside of me, but, but let me tell you what I'm hearing in my ear. I, this is whispering in my ear, even as I speak. You might as well just sit down. You can't preach. You have no gift. You're not anointed. This is what I'm hearing. See, when I, I know you can't see it, but in the spiritual realm, there's the principalities and powers that's working against the kingdom of God. And so as I'm trying to share the light of God, the darkness is trying to overpower what God's trying to do. Now, I'm not on my notes. I'm preaching through the Holy Spirit right now. And so what I'm saying is that you have to understand that when Christ came 
to, to share the light to the world, he was being attacked by the darkness. And in the same way, when I stand up to preach the word of God, don't need the notes, but I bring them because I'm a fearful man. Come on, amen. But, but, but even as I speak, the enemy is on my back, in my ear, trying to tell me that I can't. But I know that my Bible tells me that he is a liar and the father of lies. And so if he's telling me that I can't, surely the God that I can. Are you with me this morning? But Jesus, he tells us in John 16 and 33, he said, I have told you these things so that in me you will have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. But take courage. Why? Because I have overcame the world. This week, just like you, I was distraught. I don't even know what the word is that for what took place over in Uvalde. I can't say it, but you know, Uvalde. I even have a, a, a musician friend whose his cousin was killed. Yeah. And in our world is so, so crooked and so evil, I guess you would say, it's so dark that he, he did a, a video just trying to share his heart. And, and someone had the, the nerve to put a laughing face at him. I'm thinking, how could someone be so lost? But that's what we're dealing with. And, and so this week, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, I'm thinking about all these people, but, but God reminds me. He said, you're forgetting one thing. What about my son? See, we, 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 we know that Jesus died a horrible death, but we forget sometimes that, that while he was suffering, while they were spitting on him, while they were taking his life, his father, our father, Yahweh, come on, amen, was sitting in the heavens watching as this took place. And, and so God is telling us right now that you know what? That in our anger, in our pain, in our suffering, in our sorrow, we have to remember that the God we serve is still sitting on His throne. Can I get an amen? And we have to remember that, that God, He's not willing that anyone should perish, but everyone would come to repentance. He tells us in 2 Peter 3 and 9, that the Lord is not slow in keeping his promises as some understand slowness. He's patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Kristen asked me, are, are those kids in heaven? I can't answer that because I don't know their families. I don't know their situation. Did their mom and dad, did they take them to the church? Because the, honestly, they are past the age of accountability. If you look in the book of Jonah, the Bible says, I have so many, so many thousands who, 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 who cannot tell the right hand from the left. In other words, there's a certain age that a child becomes mature enough to know the right hand from the left. 
And if they're that old, I'm thinking about my own grandson. If he's old enough to know right hand from left hand, he better be taught the truth about Jesus Christ. Because there's not a soul in this room today that does not have the same world that we live in that the enemy can come in and take them out. He comes to what? He don't care if they're seven, eight, nine, ten, or eleven. That means nothing to him. What means something to him is death and destruction. And so if someone's listening to this program right now, wherever you may be, if you have a grandchild who does not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, I'm not just asking you, I'm begging you to please talk to that child about Jesus. Because something could happen. God forbid. And we have to prepare the children for that. That's why Jesus says these words. I'm so off my notes, but that's okay. He says these words, do not hinder the little children to come unto me. Why? I'm not willing that any should perish. In other words, you don't ever want that in the back of your mind that my grandchild could be in hell. Because God doesn't send no one to hell. He sends those who reject him. And that's why it says that to Paul says, I don't want someone's blood on my hand. That's why he says, I tell everybody about the gospel. I don't want to stand before God and say, you know what? I didn't tell them. Because that is our responsibility. Look in Titus 3. Titus 3, 4 through 7. It said, but when the kindness... And the love of our God and Savior appeared. He saved us not because of the righteous things we have done. He saved us because of His mercy. He saved us through the washing and the rebirth of the renewal of the Holy Spirit through whom He poured out generously. So having been justified by His grace, we might become heirs having hope of eternal life. Thank you, Walter. It's good to see Walter back here again. I ain't seen him in a while. Now back to Zechariah. Let me read this again. Because of the tender mercy of our God by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness in the shadow of death and to guide our feet into the path of peace. Now, looking at this word that Zechariah uses for, an, an, it's, uh, for the rising of the sun, it's the Greek word Anatela. Anatela. It simply means the rising of the light from the east. That's the sun. It's the day spring. It's a picture of the sun itself. Now, this is kind of confusing because we know that Christ is not the sun, but he's the sun. Are you with me? It's kind of confusing because Zechariah is actually speaking about the sun itself. And I got to really thinking about this and praying about this. And, and I believe the reason he uses the sun itself is because this is the only thing on this earth that you and I can even compare to seeing the glory of God. 
Because when Paul, when he saw Christ for the first time on that Damascus road, the first thing he said that it, it, it was brighter than the sun. So that, that, that's what Zechariah's using here for the word anatela, at the rising of the light from the east, the picture of the sun. Now listen to what Jesus said in John 8 and 12, the second part, B. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. See how Jesus is showing himself to be the son. Come on, amen. Not only the son of God, but the son itself. He's showing that, that, that his glory in this earth, it, it, it has the power to light up the darkness. Are you seeing it right now? Revelation 22 and 16. Jesus said, I have sent my angel to give this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and morning Star. Now, what is the sun? Is it a star? Can you see the analogy? I mean, the, the Bible always backs up the Bible. And, and it's amazing to me that so many times we read the Word of God and we miss it because we're not trying to see how the signs all line up together like a puzzle. Now, most of you guys know that for the past 13 years or so, I've been doing a survival trip twice a year. I've been doing that for a long time now. But, but I've learned a lot about going out there. In the last three years, I've been going solo, which is terrifying when you think about it. Because I'm thinking, man, if I get snake bit out here, whoo, you know, I'm trying to look, all right, where can I call in the helicopter? You know, is there room to land one out here? So I'm always thinking about things, but, but three times over all those years, I got turned around in the wilderness. Now what happens is when you get lost, fear begins to take over your way of thinking. You can't think logically. I mean, your mind is spinning. And one time I was only 50 yards from the camp. And I was totally lost because everything looks the same. And so what I have to do, the first thing I do when I travel in deep in the woods and I find me a good water source, I begin to look, where is the sun? That's all I got. Come on, amen. Now, I do take a compass now, but if I didn't have the compass, I'd have to have the sun. Because the sun is my direction. I know that the sun's going to come up in the east and it's going to go down where? In the west. So if I'm looking at the sun coming up from the east and I know this is west and my water source is running north and south, if I get lost, I have to first find what? I got to see where the sun is. And if, I can, if the sun's straight ahead, I'm thinking, oh man, I'm going to wait a little while. Because I got to know which way it's going down. And so I might have to sit by that tree a while like, come on down, son. Come on down. But once it starts going this direction, then I know that's the west. And so I'll put the west to my left and I'll start going north until I find that water source. And once I find the water source, I start looking for something familiar. 
Come on with me, amen. Now, I'm going somewhere with this. Because what Jesus is to us, he's the son. And it's the son who will all, always keep us safe and sound, even when we think we're lost. If we get confused in this world, we get turned around. We got a God that we can look to that can get us back in the right direction. Come on, amen. And I know a lot of times I feel myself getting lost in this world. And I say, you know what? I've got to stop for just a moment. Because if I don't stop, I won't focus on what's important, and that is the Son. I'm not talking about the S-U-N. I'm talking about the S-O-N, the Son of God. And so I've learned that we've got to make a mental picture of a map in our mind. we got to remember that, that, that the God that we love, He sent His Son and if we could just focus on him, no matter what time of day it is in life, we can live. Are you with me this morning? You know, many Christians have wandered away from the sun. And they've lost their way. They've strayed from God. And I don't know about you, but it, something inside of me does not sit right when I think about lost souls. Because they're, even though they appear to be alive, they're just walking. And they're just going through the motion of life, but inside, they're dead. Nothing's living. They're not focused on the sun. They're focused on the world, and they think the happiness is found in those things. But those things, no matter how many times they consume them, they would never bring them the joy or the peace that they're longing for. Isaiah 26 and 3. God says he will keep us in perfect peace whose mind is steadfast because he trusts in you. Matthew 6, 21 and 23. Jesus said these words, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Then he says, the eye is the lamp of the body if your eye are good, the whole body will be full of light. See, this is confusing because we're not understanding what Jesus is saying. He said, your eye is like a, a, a microscope or a magnifying glass. Let's use that. Your eye is like a magnifying glass. We all played with them when we were kids. We like to look at our hands and, you know, everything was weird. Everything got big. But what Jesus is saying, listen, if you'll focus on the good things. Come on, amen. If you'll begin to focus on the good things, which is my word, the, the light, if you begin to focus on the light, the good things of this world, then the inside will be full of light. But if you and I, if we stay focused on the hurtful things, the painful things, the sad things, if, if all we do is, is, is look for the bad news on television, because all they're going to send us is junk. Come on, amen. If we just focus on that, I can promise you our light will not be good. There's no way it could be good because all we are seeing is darkness. So, so we've got to take the light and we got to watch it. We got to stay focused. 
Not just sometimes, because in the woods, I'm constantly looking up where the sun is. Because I know it, it only takes one step. And I'll find myself going, oh my gosh, where's camp? No, you and I the same way. During the day, all through the day, all through the week, things are happening around us. And they will constantly happen, but we have to keep focus on the sun. God said, those who look upon the sun will live. Those who believe, who trust, who put their hope in me will live. We can go through storms and trials and tribulation, but if we'll keep our focus, we can still have peace at the same time. You can be at a funeral crying your heart out for the lost loved one while at the same time inside you have a great peace. The storm has been calmed because inside of you, you know the sun and those who the sun sets free are free indeed, right? And so he's the prince of peace. So you and I, we can stay in the midst of the storm. Jesus laid in the back of the ship and while the storm was blowing, he's the prince of peace. He's asleep. Everybody else is freaking, Lord, don't you care if we perish, ye of little? Yeah. Here you have the Prince of Peace in your ship. I'm, I'm going to speak to you. You're going to go through some more storms, but when you hit the storm, I want you to look back at the pillar <laughs> and remind yourself the answer to my storm is in my ship. Come on, amen. The answer to my storm is already in my ship. He's already there. See, we can stay focused on that. And regardless of what the enemy throws at us, regardless of what he threw at me this morning, whispering in my ear, y'all couldn't see him. See, that's y'all's job. Y'all's job is, is to help me. So when I stand up here, I'm already a shaking mess. I'm a trembling mess because in the natural, I'm not a spokesperson. In the natural, I want to just hide behind the drums and make noise and go home. But no, this is what God's called me to do. He's called me to do something impossible. So what do I have to focus on? The sun. I got to get my, I'm looking at you, but I'm not looking at you. Oh, pastor's preaching at me. No, I'm not. I'm looking for the sun. Come on, amen. Because if I start looking at you guys, you guys are looking at me. I'm like, I'm hiding, man. This is, this is spooky up here. Psalms 121. One and two. David said, I lift my eyes up to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Hebrews 12 and 2. Paul said, let us fix our eyes upon Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God in heaven. If you don't realize how much power we have behind us, what we're talking about the one who lives in us is the one who is sitting at the right hand of the Father in heaven. That's awesome, isn't it? But let's talk about those people who drift off, who lose their course, 
Look in your book of, in the book of James. Go, go to the very last verse in the book of James. Chapter 5. 5, 19 and 20. James says, my brothers, if one of you should wander from the faith, remember this. Whoever turns a sinner from his way will save him from death and cover over a multitude of sins. See the importance? Because James, just like us, he was living in a generation where, where people loved Christ for a while, but when Jesus said, you know what, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part of my kingdom. And they're like, oh, Lord, that's a hard teaching. And it says at that point, many disciples left him. But see, he wasn't talking about naturally. I'm not talking about cannibalism. I'm talking about a spiritual thing. The, the, the wine represents my blood. The, the bread represents my body. But, but see, they were thinking naturally, oh, he's lost his mind. He's, he's asking us to do something that's, that God forbid us to ever do. Are you with me this morning? And so God has given us something called the Holy Spirit. Everybody says, I have the Holy Spirit. What is his job? His job is to direct us. So, in other words, let's break it down. The Holy Spirit is our compass. Because if, if the clouds are up, I can't see the sun. I know it's somewhere, but if I pull out my instrument, Walter, and I pull it out, and all of a sudden, the, 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 the magnetic force will, will put the arrow north. And say, oh, man, if this is north, I'm facing north. I know that's got to be west. That's got to be east. My camp is somewhere back to the east. So the Holy Spirit is working inside of you right now. He's not pointing you to fame and fortune. He's not pointing you to riches and gold. He's not pointing you to whatever. He's pointing you to one thing. The Word of God Himself, Jesus Christ, the S. In. Come on, amen. He's pointing us to the Son. And we know this, John 14 and 6 tells us. Jesus said, I am the what? I'm the way. I'm the way, the truth and the life. I am the way. You're lost. You're off track. But I am the, I'm the way. John 14 and 26 but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and remind you of everything that I have said to you. Acts 1 and 8 says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. He gives us the power to get through those storms, to fight through that brush, to find our path back to the way of righteousness, holiness, godliness when we get off course and we will that's a sad thing we know it it's not a matter if you're going to sin it's when you sin because you are i'm going to and you are going to but the good news is is that we have something inside of us that's that's always pointing to the son of god if we'll just be still and check our compass Woo, that's a good word right there. I, I just need to be still and know that I am 
God, I got to be still. God is dwelling in me. God is pointing me to the sun. God is pointing me to the way, the truth, and life. God is pointing me to eternal life. Hebrews 3, 7 and 8. So as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion in the time of testing in the wilderness. In other words, when you and I did get off course, and I know we did, who was it that brought us back to where we are today? It was that still, small voice of God saying, come home. Come on, amen. It's the same still, small voice in my ear that's once telling me, you can't do this, you're no good, whatever. But it was the other voice in my ear that I was listening to that says, I have you. And that's what I choose to listen to. I have you. That's not a lot to say to somebody, but when it's spoken from God that I have you, then then I can go ahead and preach. Because I thought about running out the back door, but I thought somebody was going to find me and catch me and bring me back in. And it would have happened because Sammy's like, no, preacher, you're going to have to preach. We came here for something now. But Paul reminds us that even God's chosen people, the Jewish people, rejected Him. They rejected the plan of salvation. Right now, there's many people still waiting on the Messiah, and He's already came. Isn't that sad? So what did God do? He sent His salvation to some people called the Gentiles. That's you and I. We are the other. Everybody say, I'm the other. Because see, here you have God's chosen people who, who could care less, who didn't want Jesus, but then there's the others. That's, that's the other three quarter. That's you and I. But God sent it to us. You know why? Because he knew that we would listen and that we would believe and we would come to the Son of God. Let's look at this. Acts 28 and 28. Acts 28, 28. Paul said, therefore, I want you to know that God's salvation has been sent to the Gentiles and they will, we will listen. Daniel 7, 18. But the saints of the Most High will receive a kingdom and we will possess it forever. Yes, forever and ever. Hebrews 4 and 2. For we've also had the gospel preached to us just as they have, but the message they heard was of no value because those who heard it did not combine it with faith. In other words, they could not put their eyes on the impossible. They could not see God's plan of salvation, but when you and I look, we're like, yeah, I got this. Even though we're not the chosen people, we're the ones who would believe. We'd look and turn our eyes to Jesus. God said, if you would look upon my son and believe in him and trust in him, you will have eternal life. Let's look at this. Let's break it down. The text says that everyone who looks to, everybody say looks to. Everyone who looks to the son and believes in. Everybody say believes in. 
shall have eternal life. Looks to, here, looks to over here, believes in. Looks to, believes in. Y'all help me now. Looks to, believes in. Now, let's break it down because I'm going to show you something that's absolutely phenomenal. This, these are the two, this is perfect Greek to me. This is like macaroni and cheese. Yes. This is like peanut butter and jelly to me. This is perfect because if you could take, if you could take looks too and believe in, put them together, there's no better combination than popcorn and butter. Come on, amen. This is awesome. Listen to what, what it says in the Greek. Theoreo pisteo. Theoreo pisteo. Let me tell you what it means. To be discerning, to look upon intensely, to perceive for yourself, to have faith in, to entrust for yourself, to trust in completely. That's what that means. That means to look upon him and believe in him, to discern that he's the one, to trust in him, to believe in him, to know that there's no other way to safety except through Jesus Christ. Theoreo pisteo. That sounds like a chip brand, don't it? <laughs> so honestly, it doesn't matter what the world says because the world says there's, there's many roads that lead to God. Mm -mm. Because God has told us in his word. Matthew, I'm sorry, Numbers 23 and 19. God is not a man that he should lie nor is he a son of man that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? Has he promised us that if we would look and believe, we would have eternal life? You can take it to the bank. Psalms 20 and 7. David says, some men trust in horses and some trust in chariots, but I will trust in the name of the Lord our God. Can I get an amen? And so this is where I want to close. God is asking us to look upon the unseen. Think about it. I want you to look to, I want you to believe in something that you can't see. Now, I can see the sun, and I can believe in the sun because it's, it's visible. I can feel its rays. I, I know that when I get into it for too long, like Dave, he's at home today with sunburn. <laughs> Come on, amen. He's rocking out there and got sunburn. We can feel it. We know it's real, but it's visible. But, but God, he's asking us to put our faith in the unseen. Hebrews 11 and 1. Faith is the substance of things not yet seen, not yet. This is good. Faith is the substance of things not yet seen and the evidence of things not seen. The faith in the things that are hoped for, I should say. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. I'm hoping for God. I hadn't seen him. I know he's there. I'm believing by faith he's real. So 2 Corinthians 4.18 tells me this. So we, we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen, for what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. This sun 
As awesome as it is, one day it will be gone. But the Son of God is eternal. It doesn't matter if, if, if it's the monkey pox or whatever they come up with next. Come on, amen. I think just like in Illinois, you can't say S, Illinois. I think they took the K. Just take it out. Money pox. It's all about money. Come on, amen. How can they bring in more money? No, no, no. Don't get focused on the monkey pox or the money pox. Get focused on the sun and fix your eyes on not what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. 1 Peter 1, 8, 9. This is where I close. Peter says, though you have not seen him, you love him. Isn't that awesome right there? You ain't seen him, but you love him. And even though you do, do not see him now, you are filled with an inexpressible joy for you are receiving the goal of your salvation. Come on, amen. You don't see him, you believe in him, you feel with the inexpressible glorious joy for you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your soul. We're receiving it now. Right now, we are already receiving our reward, eternal life. In other words, when the power, the resurrection power fell on Christ on the third day, that same power that brought him up out of the grave is the same power inside of us right now. Eternal life is already in me. That's why we do not fear. God does not give us a spirit of, but a spirit of power, love, and sound mind. He doesn't give us no fear. So, so when we get turned around, when we get lost, we have assurance that if I just put my eyes back on the sun, I have eternal life. I'm not trusting in horses or chariots. I'm not trusting in money or fame. And for, I'm not trusting in my 45. I'm trusting in the living God. Let's all stand. I don't even, what time is it? We're, we're good? I ain't seen Kobe in three weeks. I need my running late man. What are you facing today? What is it? How can you compare that to what you have living inside of you? See, that, that's where we miss it. We, we begin to compare everything against our own strength and power, and it defeats us. I'm getting old, man. I, I'm not young anymore. So you're, you're allowing your age, that number, Oh, I'm 68, I'm 58. Whatever it is, you're, you're taking that number and you're using that number as, as, as a means to live. I'm taking the Word of God and I'm standing on it. My Bible says Moses was 120 years old when he died, yet his eyes were not weak nor his strength gone. What made Moses such a powerful man of God is that he was not concerned about his age. He wasn't concerned about his hair loss. Come on, amen. No. This is what I use.
when I try, because in reality, I, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in a type of competition with the other Christian rock bands. Even though we're not supposed to be competing, we are. In reality, because we're all trying to get in the chart, you see. But the deal is, I'm not comparing myself to them physically. I'm trying to compare myself spiritually. Because my focus is up and down, not how far I can go left or right. So, so same with you right now. Don't compare yourself to those you work with physically. Because they may be ten times stronger than you, ten times more prettier than you, and all those things, but on the inside. God does not look on the outside of a man. He looks upon the heart. And this is where we live, Christians. We don't worry about our old body or tent because one day it will lay down. But we have a mansion in heaven that we ain't seen yet, but one day we will see it. Amen. And that is where our focus is on because we're trusting in this picture of this man right here, Jesus Christ. The lady who painted it, she said, oh, Preacher, don't put my picture up there on the wall. It looks like a cartoon. I said, baby, that is no cartoon. That is, that is a gift. But see, the enemy's in her ear. You know, that's a cartoon. See, that's how the enemy works. He, he wants to take our gifts and use it against us. I like how Brian say, so he couldn't find his key. He's like... Throw the sheep behind me. I go to the next one. So what? We don't care. We're just doing the best we can, right? Hey, man, do you think I was perfect yesterday? No, I missed some lyrics, but I threw in something else. I don't know what I said, but it rhymed. But nobody else knew it because I was giving, <laughs> I was giving glory to the king. That was my focus. My focus was not looking at the people. Are you with me? My focus was on the sun. I could have been singing about jelly beans all they know, but I was giving God some glory. Oh, jelly bean. <laughs> Come on, Amy. It, 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 you see what I'm saying? Let's all close our eyes right now. And I want to get your focus in the right place this morning. We're leaving here today. But we're not leaving the same way we came. We came in a little off balance. We came in a little weak. And, and tired and exhausted, but, but now we're, we're resting. We're putting our focus on the living God, His only begotten Son, and we're going to walk out here endowed with power from on high. Do you want that today? Brian,